Hello, my name is Corey, and welcome to the RCF Podcast, a place where you can dive deep into what the scriptures say, get caught up on current events, or sit back and listen to topical discussions on life from all ages. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now I'm going to turn it over to RCF's Pastor James. Hey, welcome back there as we're joining up on part three for a quick look. We've been going through at uh, the book of Philippians. And we've made it so far, as far as verse 18. But as we come together this morning, we'll be picking back up at verse 19. And I think we'll probably make it through 26. We'll see how we go. Um, again, uh, oftentimes I share these things. Some of the things are fresh on my heart as I, as I get to share them devotionally throughout the week. And so I thought, hey, why not just share it with you guys? you get around me very often, you know that this is, this is arguably, probably a winning argument, my, my favorite book in the entirety of Scripture. One, because it's an epistle of joy. It's an epistle that deals with humility. But it is also an epistle that exalts the servanthood and the humility of Jesus and, and where he was willing to go that others might be lifted up. And it's a real theme that continues on this, in this book that will eventually uh, probably take some, take some time to really check out because there's some real blessings in it. So, for without further ado, verse 19, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So as we pick up even just in that first verse, you know, we had a church that, hey, hey, I'm thankful for you. I'm praying for you. We've been partners in the gospel. God's going to finish the work that he began in you. And I'm praying that, that he will continue to be growing in your life. And then he began to share how, you know, that it's been happening in his life and that even in his chains and even in prison, that the prison guards and everybody had become aware that he was there for the cause of Christ. And it didn't matter if people were doing it foolishly or rightly. He was just pumped that Jesus was being preached. And so as he takes this time and says, you know, that that people have become bold by my witness, but he's going to say, check this out even more. As good as that is, he says, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. That God was working this out. And he, and he said, how was he going to be delivered? Through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Maybe walking in a place where you need deliverance today. You may find yourself soon there, or you may, you know, wherever you may be on the spectrum of, of heading into one, being in one, or just come out of one. These are two key elements for the deliverance of the Lord. Whether you are Peter in prison and an angel kicking you in the side and saying, hey, it's time to go. Or perhaps in that thing you're struggling in today. Do you have people praying for you? You know, we all love to be the Lambo, you know, out there taking on the enemy, going to take down the world, just me and the Lord. But that's not the design of God. The design of God is that you are a part of a body, that you have friends that you have people that care, that you have people that can go before the throne of God for you. 
Can God do it without it? Sure, he's the Lord. He can do what he wants. But if he can do what he wants, you might listen to what he wants, and what he wants is people praying for you, or you for others, perhaps. And not just that, but that the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of Jesus Christ would be in the midst of that situation, strengthening you, encouraging you, building you up, maybe even bearing you up on eagle's wings when you don't have strength yourself, that you might see this trial and this struggle to its end. Paul said, I'm looking for this. I know it's going to happen. And as it goes into verse 20, according to my earnest expectation and hope. And that expectation is this word that is uh, a sense of, of stretching with intense expectation. He's looking, you're stretching out the neck. You are, you know, you're coming into that finish line. You're expecting that that's what it's going to be. And what was it? that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness, as always, so now also, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. So Paul said, look, I know this is going to work out for my deliverance. You're praying for me. I'm being filled with the Spirit of God, and I am stretching forth my eyes. I'm leaning forward in expectation and hope because I'm not going to be ashamed of any of this. You know why? He sums it up there at the end, at verse 20, because Jesus Christ is going to be magnified in my body, whether I live or die. You know, and as you're a kid, you know, you're, you're using magnifying glasses for things that you shouldn't. I probably am responsible for the death of hundreds of insects by, via magnifying glass. Right or wrong, <laughs> that's who I was. And you'd use a magnifying glass for a lot of things because you are making maybe the words on a book, maybe it's to do a scientific experiment, whatever. You're making something larger, more visible. Paul wrapped up this statement on his deliverance and his hope and his expectation and the prayers and the filling of the Spirit in that Jesus Christ is going to be made larger, more visible in my life. Whether that's through my continued living or my death itself and going home and being with him, that whatever it is, people are going to be able to look at my life and say, wow, I can see Jesus in that. And that's a difficult challenge for us today. So often, um, we may love the Lord, We may have confessed him as Lord and Savior. We may have, you know, all of those things that we work out doctrinally or or salvationally in faith, or maybe you're just walking in church and doing life. But as your life, whether it be through a trial or through deliverance from a trial or wherever you're at, are you moving towards an expectation and hope that Christ will be more visible, magnified, made known in your life through it all, no matter what happens. No matter what happens. You know, Paul, being in jail, under a, a government where what he believed, his faith in Jesus was now illegal, at various points punishable by death. Paul would die at the hands of Nero, being beheaded. And he says, no matter what the end, no matter what the cost, no matter where it is, you're going to see Jesus more in my life. 
I have that earnest expectation and hope. And so I really enjoyed that today, and I hope that that ministers to you because he goes on in verse 21, one that we know so well, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. No matter what my lot, it is well with my soul. Jesus is going to be magnified if he lives on. It's to live as Christ. It's, it's to proclaim him, for him to be seen, to be high and lifted up. And if not, <laughs> bro, I'm out of here and I'm in heaven. And that's way better. You know, he's going to struggle with this as he, as he just says, man, this is how simple it is to me. It's a win-win. What is the motivation of your life? Is it to make Jesus known? Is it to have that earnest expectation, hope? Because if it is, no matter what occurs in your life, it's a win-win. You know, we have that precious promise in Romans 8, 28, which doesn't say that everything in your life is good. It's just that God can take everything and work it for the good because you love him and because you're called according to his purpose. And when we have that hope, when we have that strength and foundation of the Scripture, we can say, man, to live, man, that's Christ. And to die, oh, that's gain. Verse 22, but if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell, for I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. So Paul goes on to really kind of expound on that, and you just kind of get a a glimpse into his heart. I'm hard-pressed, man, because he absolutely loved the Christians he ministered to, that he got to know. And I think, you know, we we can relate to this a little bit as we get older, I think, is perhaps you're a, a spouse, and, and if you were really looking at, well, you know, if, if I had a limited time, would my family be taken care of? Is it better for me to be around and make sure that things are taken care of? Even if you have the hope of heaven. Paul's looking at his family. He's looking at those that he cared, that invested all of his life and heart and passion in ministering. And he said, you know, I'm, 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 I'm struggling because you need more. I want to minister more. I want to give you more gifts. I want to share the word with you. I want to help you grow into all that God has called you to be. But in the same next breath, he could say, but I'm pumped to be with Jesus. I can't tell what I'm going to choose. I don't know. I'm hard-pressed. It's just crushing me because I could go home right now. But it is good for me to remain. Verse 25, he finishes that up and says, And being confident in this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. That was his purpose. And he was content to stay and do that. That your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. So here Paul, being in prison, has that expectation that God's not done with me yet. He's going to bring me through this. He's going to bring me to another work. Do you have that earnest expectation and hope that wherever you are, God is going to bring you through that moment and he's going to bring you to another work? That it's going to be a blessing. 
that it's going to cause others to rejoice and to be blessed by God's work in you. You know, because we have that kind of that twofold work where we have this upward relationship with God, and from that flows this outward relationship with man. You see that with the, the Ten Commandments, the first tablet dealing with our relationship with God, that our relationship on the second tablet with others might be, might be a blessing that would flow from the first, just like the second great commandment flows from the first, that if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. You've got to get that first one right, so the second would be. So Paul's relationship with Jesus was right, and he had that expectation, and he knew that God wasn't done with him. And I think as we close that for just kind of a quick look this morning, the Lord's not done with you yet. You are breathing. Perhaps maybe even you're just sitting back and listening to this and looking at your situation, and you're not quite sure how that's going to all pan out. Maybe glean from today, if you don't have somebody praying for you, get people praying for you. And not just, not just a, a, don't just cast out a net. If you have to, that's fine. But Paul had people that knew him, had lived with him, that, that personally loved him, praying for him. Others, too. But it definitely circled around these, these group of people who loved him, followed him, prayed for him, gave money to the ministry. And he said, I know I'm going to be delivered because of that and what the Spirit of God is doing in my life. And it's going to lead to more, to more things, better things yet to come. So get people praying and be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the, have the full supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ knowing that, you know, if he calls you home, that's awesome. It's better than anything we got. But if you're not called home, he's bringing you to another work. He's going to bring you to people that God wants to affect uniquely through you. He's uniquely gifted you, uniquely called you, He will get the work done either way. But he's placed you for such a time as this. So get some prayer, get filled, and be ready. Lord's got something for you. God bless you guys, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.